everyone. <laughs> Welcome to another live stream. We are going to recap Skate Canada and we have a very special guest here, Kirsten Mortowers, Olympic silver medalist, four-time Skate Canada medalist, four-time Canadian national champion. Amazing person. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. What a great <laughs> intro too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I prepared very well for this. <laughs> I appreciate that. And yeah, a lot of people have already commented about the live stream situation of the event. So I think we might start with that while um, others are joining. Yeah, I think that's a problem for everyone mm. or a lot of people, unfortunately. Yeah, that Me is too. so <laughs> tough. I didn't know that, actually. I had no idea that it was geo-blocked. Yeah, we've been having to use a VPN to watch as well. Um, oh, that's as far terrible. as I know... As far as I know, um, Eurosport bought the rights, but they're not showing it. So oh. that's why the ISU aren't showing it. It's just an incredible mess. Oh, that's terrible. And now not a ton of the performances are easily accessible via YouTube. I tried to go back for a lot of them and it's hard to find them. Yeah. Especially in Germany, everything is geo-blocked. Whenever somebody sends me something, I can never watch it. Uh, and VPNs yeah. are hard to figure out too, for me at least. I'm not overly um, tech savvy. And it's it's yeah. always hard for me when it's geo-blocked in my country to be able to, accessibility, I guess, is, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in general, VPNs would are a terrible answer to the, like, how do people watch the sport? But for the, I absolutely second that um, Opera browser as the best way to watch, um, especially the ISU YouTube stream. Um, you Because if you set your VPN with that to Europe, it puts you in the Netherlands and the Netherlands seems to never have bought the rights to anything. And so it <laughs> will work. Um, but oh, I actually, um, but I actually decided to buy a, vpn like the mozilla vpn for like 50 dollars this year and because i wanted to watch uh, the i have nothing tv show that was only available <laughs> in canada and so i also got to use that to watch the commentary on the skate canada live stream which was really fun because i got to listen oh. to kirsten talk about pairs and um all of the other um commentary from that which was a really nice uh, really nice broadcast. So if anyone Thanks. can get access to the th stuff in Canada, I definitely recommend those. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. I had so much fun. I was just saying, and you were got to be on site for Skate Canada. Yes, I did, which was so fun for me. I really love the competitions. I love them even more now that I'm not competing in them. Um, and it's really fun, I think, and it feels important to share a little bit about the athletes as humans, as well as kind of what we're seeing on their screens. And uh, sometimes that can be really accessible nowadays with social media, but some athletes elect to uh, not be as active, of course, online. And so I try to do as much research as possible and speak to as many of the athletes or their coaches themselves as possible to share the stories that they want to be kind of out in the open and um, have them have a little bit more of a say of what their narrative is, which I really appreciated when I was skating. So it was just so fun. I had the best time. I loved watching you and Caitlin Weaver also commentate on practices. That was a fun, uh, <laughs> your, your duo was a, was fun for that as well. It was so fun. I was really nervous to do ice dance because I love ice dance so much 
but I also want to do it justice. And I know that I am, of course, not as knowledgeable on the discipline as Caitlin Weaver, <laughs> ice dancer, <laughs> but I felt it might even have been a benefit because I had so many questions that I thought maybe the public who was a little bit less um, aware of the rules and sort of the way of ice dance would also have. So we had so much fun. There was a lot of laughs, uh, even more so when the mic was off. <laughs> but um, I hope we got a lot of good feedback. I hope people liked it because I'd like to work with her again. It was great. I think that's an amazing transition to our first category. <laughs> oh, puppy. <laughs> yeah, we are starting with ice dance. So, so in uh, gold was Piper Kid at Simple Poirier for Canada. In silver medal was Lila Fitt and Lewis Gibson for Great Britain. And winning the bronze medal was Alison Reed and Saldus Amber Levitius for Lithuania. How did you feel about this podium? I think it was fairly expected, in my opinion. I do think uh, I did think maybe the US teams might be making a run for bronze, but I did think Alison and Sol were probably going to get it based on scores they've had in the past. Sorry, my dogs were also really excited about the ice dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it was an amazing event personally. Uh, obviously, as Anna mentioned, I did watch the practices, so got to see and learn from Caitlin a little bit more of the ins and outs. But I loved so many of these teams, and I thought they were so different in a way that made for a really exciting event. We didn't have any too much of any one thing. Everybody was a little bit... Um, I guess, innovative in their material. And I thought the rhythm dance especially was really exciting. Obviously, the 80s theme really allows for that. But there were some free dances that really, like, touched me emotionally. And that, since, again, I don't know as many of the rules. I think, Lois, you are ice dance expert here. Is that right? Do I remember that? <laughs> I wouldn't like to call myself an expert. I mean, I do. <laughs> I do. Whenever the rule changes come up, I do try and... Uh lay them out for people but whether I understand yeah. them all is a different matter <laughs> I remember you knowing and really being an enthusiast with ice dance so I definitely wouldn't know the rules like you but for me because of that I think it's all about who makes me feel something and who I can who tells me a story that I really want to get behind and I thought there were so many teams that did that here it was such a great event yeah there were so many interesting and really different free skates I was really thinking that watching one after another that there was so much variety and that contrasted for me with Skate America where there were a lot of really great teams and a lot of really great free dances but they started to blend together slightly for me because there were so many that were too sort of lyrical classical music um, and that I was a little worried that everyone was everyone's free dances this year were going to be well, in contrast to our 80s, we were doing a very lyrical, classical thing. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was nice here. It felt like there was a lot more variety. Yeah, we get some comments uh, about Piper and Paul's rhythm dance. And also their free dance is very strong. How do you feel? How do you feel about them and their performances? I really enjoyed the rhythm dance. I did see, because um, I didn't watch the practices, but I saw some people commenting like, oh my God, they're like sliding on their stomachs or whatever. Um, and I was like, ah, 
we'll, I'll see. I'll see what it looks like, and then I'll make a judgment on it. And they were so clean in the in the actual rhythm dance. I thought, well, that that works fine as long as it stays like as clean as that and doesn't look messy. That looks that looks fine. <laughs> yeah. There's looks... some comments. Oh, sorry. I saw some comments that were saying that we had enough slides now and they can stop with the slides. But I love them. <laughs> I also I think, think theirs is so different. I truly was like, what? <laughs> what is happening? And I think anytime, obviously now we all know that it's coming. So when we watch in the future, we might not have the, the same super shocked reaction. But I think when it's done differently, it's just another way for them to be innovative, in my opinion. But I can see it's kind of like the touching the boards um, epidemic. Like somebody, Lila Lewis, it seems, I think, started it. And now there are a lot of things, a lot of teams electing to kind of use that avenue, I guess, in one of their programs. But when people do it like Piper and Paul do it in their free dance, I think that's really different and um, like a continuation of what they're trying to sell us in this story. So I guess for me, it's just all how it plays into the program if you're doing it just to do it or if actually there's intention and purpose behind it. Yeah, I really enjoyed their free dancing. I noted down Piper's acting, especially in that choreo step, like when she like reaches out towards the judges. Um, I just thought it was really great. And I, I love their like concept overall for their free. And I'm really excited to see it like develop over the season because this mm. is like their first competition as well. Yeah, and I really liked their rhythm dance as well. I didn't know what to expect from it because I wasn't as familiar with all of the music beforehand, but I felt like they came up with a lot of really interesting sort of shapes and poses and that theirs seemed a little less hectic than a lot of rhythm dances, which I kind of appreciated. And I want to go back and watch it again and try to absorb more of it. But at the time I was like, oh, wow, they're really kind of holding some positions and doing some things that are a little bit... Um, seemed like they were really trying to do this uh, stylized motion that was um, specific to that dance. Caitlin Weaver spoke on the practice, I believe it was, about the culture behind 80s dancing and the kind of different avenues that teams could take. And I found it really insightful because personally, I did not have that education. And I wonder which teams would choose to learn about the style of 80s dance they're portraying. And when I watch Piper and Paul, after kind of hearing Caitlin talk about that, I feel like they always are educated enough to like paint us an entire picture. And with something that nuanced and fast, it seems like to my untrained eye, it was very clean and um, well skated, especially as you mentioned, Sarah, for the first event of the season I just think if you start here where must you be able to go seems exciting so then we got a comment about Alison and Saurus uh, finally getting a Grand Prix medal always exciting when like people are so close to getting it and they're finally doing it I was really I think... happy for them and I really liked both of their programs um, and I felt like their free dance. Um, Caitlin, uh, uh, yeah, Caitlin and Ted didn't like it, but I actually thought it was very clear what, what the story they were telling, but maybe it came across a little easier on TV with um, them looking at their phones and the music about the machines. And I thought it was really interesting and clever. And so I kind of, I hope that they keep developing it. And also I feel like the rock 
music and um i think they ha they had guns and roses i think or did they yeah they had guns and roses and i really liked that for them um and i'm very impressed with the i think it's a hydroplate i'm not sure exactly what move it is that they're doing in the rhythm dance but that um allison is supporting saul in it and yeah. it's a really cool sort of reversal of who's doing that like deep squat spread eagle and who's doing the slide and I appreciate that they're always a little outside of the box yeah I'm I so happy for them and also seasons they which sorry I was gonna say the programs the last couple of seasons um have been very authentic to kind of their um their tastes and their personality it feels like they're doing what they want to do and not what someone else is telling them to do I wonder how much of that is influenced by Allison, obviously from a skating family and probably saw her brother and sister go through a ton of um, trial and error with certain um, vehicles that they selected to pick. And I wonder how much of that influences how um, Allison and Saul approach picking the vehicles that they use. I was so happy for them once the camera was off of them in the kiss and cry. There was just so much um, they just were so overcome with emotion, her in particular, and just love to see happy people in the kiss and cry always. <laughs> this is my favorite thing <laughs> about figure skating. And you could see that they were happy and proud of getting that medal for Lithuania. And I read somewhere that it's the first one since um, Isabella Tobias and what was her partner Davidus, is that right? Yes, yeah. That. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a long time for Lithuania, and I was super pumped for them that they were able to do Yeah, I think someone also mentioned on the commentary that it's Alison's first time competing back in Vancouver since the Vancouver Olympics, which is still like so like mind-boggling to remember that she was at the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. Whoa, I did not know that. <laughs> That's a really cool fact. I wish I knew that before practices should have talked to Sarah <laughs> <laughs> there are wow. a lot of positive comments uh, unless you want to continue I'm good <laughs> <laughs> no because there's a lot of love for the Browns so I thought I we would talk about them for a bit <laughs> yeah I don't think going in... into yeah I was gonna say I don't yeah, think I, like obviously they've just back done to back, to back. We'll, we'll figure this out one day. <laughs> you just say the same things. You are first day. So you succeeded after the next <laughs> I was also going to say, I don't think I would have expected necessarily for them to be the top American team based on the fact that they were doing it back to back. And based on. If we lost Lord Sarakin. <laughs> I assume I'm going to have the same train of thought as her. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> coming, coming in. Um, it it was assumed that um Ava and Logan would probably get the highest score they had the highest score from uh, a challenger competition earlier Amelia and Vadim are sort of right at the same level pushing um but it was like a massive improvement for the Browns from their scores just last week so obviously like it's I think Gage said last week it's their first time doing a back-to-back -back, so they didn't really know what to expect coming in um, but I think they also did very well. Yeah, I agree. I thought pretty big jump 
in SCORE from just one week. And obviously when you get that immediate feedback from an event and if you're able to speak to someone and know why you got a level whatever versus the level four you were going for, I think it can be somewhat of a quick fix dependent on obviously what the reason for reason for losing the level would have been. But um, I really like them. I thought they were so likable and like totally an aside and not probably relevant, but uh, I commentated gala as well, which I don't typically watch the gala, but because of working at it, I, I did watch obviously. And again, like you said, Anna, they're doing, um, I guess, role reversal from what will be the traditional way of doing things. And um, in that kind of like cantilever type thing where Gage is being lifted and Una, the lifting partner, and I find there is no shortage of innovation from them. And they're obviously so new and pretty young, super new on the circuit and have just made this part-time coaching change to Montreal, I think there seems like there's no end to what they could do moving forward, which is so exciting for ice dance and for American ice dance. And I'm excited to watch them. If memory serves right, I think they used that lift in a competition as well a few years ago. Um, and so I love that they've sort of kept it in the in the gala because it's, it's super impressive to see them yeah. do. Very cool. Awesome. Kristen, did you ever do back-to-back Grand Prix? You know what? I never did. I can't speak to that. I never did it. I feel grateful that I didn't do it, but I saw them in the interview speak about how they've heard both um, kind of positive and negative experiences from it. And if memory serves correct, I think um, Madison Hubble and Zach Donahue did it a couple times. They seem to do that America Canada um, Grand Prix circuit and seem to work really well for them. Obviously, a little bit of a different. Um, trajectory because they would do the early Grand Prix to have a little bit of a break to prepare for final. Um, I don't think the Browns will be at the final, but obviously this was just something they fell into and it seems like they had the right mindset to um, go into it sort of open-minded and understand there may be challenges, but some positive aspects to it too, and just totally thrive on this kind of situation that could be difficult. Yeah, we talked to Megan about it last week because she said you get such an adrenaline rush and then it falls down and it's, it's a crash and then it's so difficult to recover from that, especially within a week. Totally, totally. My guess is they would have had to stay up as fast yeah. as possible or even just try to like do a tiny, tiny dip to come back. I think it's probably advantageous too that they are so new to the senior circuit. I think it's their second season. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so probably right now things are just so exciting new for them and, um, they could have, and probably did use that to their advantage, I think, but now I'm sure they will be exhausted. (laughs) They'll need a break. (laughs) They deserve a lot of sleep right now. Yes, they do. (laughs) I think Gage mentioned, um, to Anna in the mix zone last week that, um, a lot of people are saying because they're like, it's easier for people that are younger to sort of work off that back-to-back energy um and Gage was like so we'll be fine with it that's so funny and you know what on Thursday practice they did a full free dance run through so we were thinking not only did they do this Grand Prix last week and now they're here this week they're doing literally a full free dance and it seems like they must be very well trained it didn't look to be um 
didn't look to make their competition any more difficult. And also they do have very experienced coaches on their team now that they're, I mean, I think their head coach, Joel Deere, has obviously done a remarkable job with them, but also having that experience of Romain, I think if he thought that them doing a full run through was not going to be beneficial for them, obviously he wouldn't have them do it. So it seems like um, doing these run throughs is not an issue for them. And they were had kind of a rough start last year. I think they didn't come out kind of as new seniors really the way they wanted to. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of aimed to be as strong as possible in the early competitions this year. And, you know, if having more um, emphasis on that because they've really um, improved their speed and they seem like they're um, much more... Um, committed and practiced at these programs that I remember seeing them at, like at their challenger at the beginning of last year. And they seemed a lot more tentative at that point. And obviously trying, probably trying to make a, a campaign for the world team. I don't know what your thoughts are, but it seems like uh, the U S team, obviously having three spots, there are a large number of teams, I think that could potentially wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, I think, for them to get one of those spots. So coming out early and being consistent is the way to go, in my opinion. That contest between the three American teams, um, SK Canada, is really was an interesting one. And I think I saw lots of different predictions ahead of time about how that was going to go. Um, and I, I like the Browns, so I was very pleased for them. I also really like the free dance um, that Amelia and Vadim have. That Beauty and the Beast, I think, is a great vehicle for them. And I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I agree. And when I watched it in practice, it, it you can never get the full picture in practice, especially morning of, because teams take out so many elements, which they should do. It's like totally makes sense. But for me personally, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp the whole story. And of course, Amelia in a red dress, which is not... Um, the typical literal depiction of beauty and the beast and so i just was in the morning like not getting it i want to get it i love this team i think it just is like mind-blowing that she was a single skater not that long ago and now is like totally looking like she's been an ice dancer forever and making it look like that's an easy transition which it just like so is not <laughs> and then when they did the free dance i was I had tears in my eyes i just thought with when they did the whole thing it was such a um I don't know if story is the right word because obviously we all know the movie and I mean the story can be pretty literal but just the acting I guess especially from her Vadim is so amazing in his skating skills but Amelia's face especially in the end like highlight with her arms I just they just totally had me and obviously that was a strategic choice they they got me, so I'm excited for them. I remember thinking, <laughs> so I remember thinking when I saw her as a single skater, I thought if if she wanted to make the switch to ice dance, I think she could, because I remember, really? I remember, wow. yeah, I remember seeing her. She was very artistic, and the jumps didn't always work. And I thought, you you could make that switch. <laughs> so I wasn't like incredibly surprised when she did, but I I was surprised about her teaming up with Vadim. <laughs> yeah, so. I saw her at um, Cranberry Cup, I think in 2021, I want to say, and she was really made a huge impression on me. She had this very emotional and emotive like 
free skate that was just like you she brought you into the story that she was telling and she I remember she was saying that it was about family members who had like passed away during COVID and it was just like this very like that real charisma and ability to project her emotions in that kind of way and like she was somewhere in the middle of that field you know it wasn't like but I remember I went and talked to her because I was so surprised and um you know excited to see somebody with that kind of um performance quality so I'm glad that she's we probably wouldn't be seeing her as much if she had stayed a single skater so like I'm glad that she's getting she's so good at dance but that we're getting to see more of her in this space too so looking at the time, is there anybody you want to highlight before we move on to singers, women? <laughs> Amazing. I like the um, uh, Molly and Dimitri's uh, um, river dance as well. Um, Me too. That, that was fun. I saw somebody um, make this, the distinction. Apparently, that's Lord of the Dance and River Dance are two separate things. So okay, yes, I like their Lord of the Dance. Program. <laughs> I got a text on uh, on the practice on Thursday because we get sheets uh, with everyone's the ICU sheets that you've seen a hundred million times. And Molly and Dimitri's and Paul and Piper's were not present. Just had their name at the top and blank. But they started skating and we were like, oh, river dance. We know this music. And then I actually got a text from um, Kehalan Susius, who is Shane Fierce's partner. Now, yes. of course, they um, represent Ireland. And she was like, hey, great job, by the way. This is not river dance. It's Lord of the Dance in case anyone says anything. So we made a little correction. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, how terrible. But to me, they sound so similar. I said that. And she said, yeah, well. We're Irish now. We need to know these things. So, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you for the question. But yes, I, I love that. Part of the citizenship test. So yeah, if there's anybody we haven't talked about, we can always go back doing we fantasy. We didn't talk about Fear Gibson. You know, so oh. we, which we, and since we talked, we did, no, they got silver. Um, no. <laughs> I, I think it's because we've seen the program so many times at this point, but like obviously we haven't talked about it like on stream, but we've we've seen them do like three or four competitions. It's growing on me. I'm not like I'm not saying anything about scoring wise, but like just <laughs> as an entertaining program, the Rocky program is growing on me. So okay. I thought I was gonna hate it, and I don't hate. I it I liked anymore. it better last time. They taken out the push-ups in the last competition they did, and now they put them back in. I liked it when the push-ups weren't there. <laughs> I thought it's it just... wasn't crazy. I said to Caitlin, I think they took the push-ups out and then they did them. So I thought, well, I don't know anything, I guess. <laughs> I yeah. saw them when they debuted this in um, Sheffield in August. And it was like, obviously the crowd loved it. It was a bit of like a a, a shock in a way. Because I was like, oh, this is like incredibly different to what we have seen in the past and what we normally see. Um, I personally also preferred when they took the push up out because it felt it felt like a bit disjointed, like the stop in the middle of the choreo step. Um, but obviously the judges preferred with it in, so they put it back in. Hmm. So yeah, let's talk about women. I think I think that should be, <laughs> unless there's another point. No, okay. <laughs> oh, this is the women's podium. Um, so in first place we have Kerry Sakamoto and then Cheon Kim, which I hope I'm pronouncing right. And then third place we have Lino Matsuike. And I don't think it was that surprising of a podium. 
especially if you like compare it to men but men are men um <laughs> but i think overall i don't think it was you know i think we could have predicted the first two definitely i know the third place was a bit more up in the air um but yeah i enjoyed the women's event <laughs> i thought there were some really solid skates um and a lot of like different programs from skaters from this year as opposed to last year i know like sakamoto especially like surprised me in the direction she's taking um and i do think it's working really well for her um at the moment so so yeah yeah i particularly love her her short program you can just tell how much she loves it and how much she relates to it and speaking of kaori i know i mentioned to all of you before uh, we started that I didn't get to watch as many of the women as I wanted to. I was obviously working the pairs and so in and out and uh, kind of doing my own preparation. Uh, I did see the women practice in the morning and Kaori looked very different in the practice than she did in the competition. And I just really thought it speaks to her um, experience and her um ability to be a competition skater and to work under pressure. And I thought obviously her free program I did see was just so incredible. I think her movement quality is continuing to get more nuanced and um, delicate in areas and strong in others when the music kind of is asking for either or both. And I just was so impressed with her ability to kind of take that morning practice and turn it around and compete in such an incredible way shows just it speaks to being two-time world champion i think yeah her confidence level this season is really exciting to see um and huge huge lead in the scores in this competition like 20 points or more ahead <laughs> um but i think deservedly so she really has um so much to show I really appreciated, um, one thing I noticed for her free skate this time was how the construction of it to put her combinations in the second half, which is gaining her points, also worked so well with the difference in the movement quality between the um, much sort of slower, smoother um, first piece to Wild is the Wind, and then having the more of the sort of explosive part during feeling good i really thought that that was so clever that the the music and the choreography and the strategic decisions all seem to be benefiting and supporting each other and because i was thinking so much about um how disruptive of the rhythm the sequences often are um especially in pairs but uh, that was another story <laughs> Um, but then I was watching really carefully for like, okay, which skaters in which teams are actually thinking about the, the rhythm of a sequence, um, and how that was going to fit in with their music and putting it in a place where it was okay that there was a little bit of a disruption of the flow versus the teams that seemed to just be kind of letting the music run through that part. So, um, it, there are parts of this free skate that I'm not as much of a fan of, but um, I just thought it's so well constructed. We are getting a lot of comments. Sarah, you are also watching them, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because if there's anything you want to highlight, <laughs> please, <laughs> you can do that as well. I'm getting a lot of uh, Lahanaki's Hitchcock comments, and I also see a lot of the, about that on Twitter. So, It's such a good program. 
And I'm glad she kept it for another year so that more people can see it because obviously she didn't. I don't think she had a Grand Prix spot last year, so more people get to experience it this year. I love her skating so much. Um, she's like rapidly becoming just one of my favorites, period. Um, and I was a little side-eye to the short program at first because whenever anyone does snake choreography, I get a little nervous. Um, but I actually think that she's doing a really fantastic job having movement that matches the music without going into sort of orientalist stereotypes. And I know she works a lot with dancers and her choreographers are like ballet and modern dancers that she works with for those programs. And so I'm, I think it's really brave and unique of her. And I, I'm a big fan of both programs. Definitely, yes. <laughs> so I, I'm surprised Sarah left me the moment I gave her a job. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, I had to reset my internet. It was buffering up. Oh, no. I uh, am a sucker for a redemption skate, so I was so happy for Maddie that, that she had such a great free skate. And she nearly could have got to that podium if, if the top three women hadn't been so good, but... I just I just love a good redemption skate. <laughs> yeah, me too. So happy for Maddie and also happy to see her. I think it was important for her to have that skate for her confidence. We haven't really seen, so I think at moments of, of brilliance last season, but haven't seen a skate like that from her, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, since the Olympic season. And obviously this was her personal best score, not even just a season's best. So in the free program. So um, I just really think, just knowing her personally, I, I really think she needed that. And um, it can be so hard to, yeah, Mateo as well. It can be so hard to feel like you are the one earning the spots for your country. And it can be um, an honor, but also somewhat of, I don't want to say a burden. A burden is not the right way to put it. Obviously, it's always, I think athletes are always, um honored and happy to do that for their country but it was really taxing mentally and I think that's what we saw from her a little bit last season so I'm so excited for her I saw her after the short and I said how are you and she said I'm feeling sorry for myself <laughs> which is just like so <laughs> funny Maddie and she totally means it in a comedic way you know she was going to take that evening and feel frustrated and then obviously rebounded yesterday Saturday morning to have a, a really great closing of that competition. I think she's mentioned earlier this season as well that like she still wants to gain those spots back and it's still like very much on her mind um but I think sort of having this skate at home as well it might sort of get rid of any nerves that might be coming like attached with our home worlds as well yeah great point really great point so. Last year, she had such an amazing short program at Skate Canada, and then the free skate fell apart. And so in some ways, I think it's better to have it go this way around than be able to leave with a good feeling. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. And I do love her short program working with um, the Ice Academy Montreal, Ontario campus coaches. She really liked that experience. And I think the program is really great on her, obviously not the technical showing that she would have liked here but I think in terms of taking her to some high scores and good performances I think the potential is there and we saw some I wasn't actually able to see Nephila um 
I didn't have the stream. I'm not sure if it was a paywall or if I just was working or what, but I wasn't able to see it, but it seems like score wise, that was a better showing. So we can't, she, we know she can do it. She just has to do it easier said than done. I love that she has one program from ice Academy of Montreal and then one program, um, from uh, Scarborough. It's like, I just, it's like, use all of the resources <laughs> at your disposal, get the best of both. It's like, <laughs> yeah, actually, um, Carrera and Michaud did this, did the same thing, worked with, uh, both. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, very... sorry. That was last year. I'm totally wrong. Just kidding. Forget everything. I she looks very comfortable with the free skate as well. It's like, it, it doesn't seem like it's a struggle in terms of layout or anything. It seems like she's very comfortable with it. So. Especially also last year, I think we saw the difficulty in finding a free program that was comfortable for her and really trying with that West Side mm -hmm. Story throughout the first half of the season. So it's nice to see that she has found two programs that she is comfortable with, obviously small tweaks always being made, but that she can really be successful with because you don't want to worry about that in the middle of the season. <laughs> Super not ideal. So <laughs> that's great. So... Um, Please, Anna, continue. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to give a couple of shout outs to uh, Lindsay Thorngren, I thought did a great job here and was a little bit, um, I thought maybe was even underscored. I thought she did a, I mean, I know she got some under rotations, but I thought that, um, yeah, I agree, Laura, particularly the short and that Sandra Bezik program and just, it it's so lovely. And um, she does this one move in both her both of her programs where she has sort of a catch foot spiral and then she like brings her foot over her head and down. And it looks so just unique and beautiful. And it's something that I feel like on most people would just look very awkward, but she does it so well. It's this very movement that I notice is very specific to her. And it just makes me, both of these programs, but especially that short, just make me really excited about what we could see from her as she keeps growing into that expression. I want to um, give a shout out to Reno um, because she came in as a replacement for Rika, who retreated to injury, um, and I think got a lot of new fans as well over the course of the competition. Um, I think I said that like her skating just looked almost so light um, and and flowing, and I've really enjoyed watching her programs. Agreed. And she's kind of like one to watch like a couple of seasons ago. And then last season, I think she had she had two assignments and then she got sick at the first one and she wasn't really recovered by the second one. So she wasn't really able to show anyone her potential and what she could do. So I'm so glad she got this opportunity to kind of have a bounce back. And what a way to um, take advantage of opportunity too. Obviously, you never want anyone to be injured and have to withdraw. But if you do get that um, opportunity, it's so great to see her really thrive and take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, I also just want to give a shout out to May Bernice. Um, you know, I think it takes so much courage to come out and skate when you know that you're not able to show what you want to show. And especially in her free skate, she just really fought for every single part of it. And just, I think that's a really, um, something very admirable about being willing to be that vulnerable in it and talk about that too. I agree. Um, I also want to give out a shout out to Star, um, who had a, a tough off season as well with um, 
her heart condition and learning about a secondary heart condition and and everything that she's gone through um so I want to give her a shout out for you know coming into the season and having two really cool skates That's I love awesome. her short program costume it's so much yes. fun I love the program too but the costume especially <laughs> is just great speaking of costume did anybody else mention this yeah, Rinka's uh, dress. I know she said in the Kiss and Cry that she's getting a new one. Uh, her mum is sewing it for her. Uh, so hopefully next time we see her, there'll be a different dress. I, it just doesn't... That and I think the programme combined, I think the programme has a story that is like quite personal to her and her like journey. But it didn't look comfortable. It didn't look like a comfortable skate for her. I, and I think she's capable of so much more than that. She's a good performer and I didn't get so much of that from that skate. Yeah, I think anybody else we want to highlight of the women. Uh, I love um, doing so well. I think she's fantastic. I love, oh, <laughs> Sorry, Lois. No, it's fine. Don't worry. <laughs> That's it. I'm done. Go ahead. I was gonna say I love um, Audition's uh, short program. Like you can tell how much she loves it. So like she just comes alive when she skates it. She was such a joy to watch. She's told me earlier this summer that she has worked that she had taken dance classes and had really studied um, Tina's choreography and technique and seen the movie and like really thought about it a lot. So it was nice to see that it felt like something that she was very motivated to work on. The thing about Japan and um, Grand Prix spots, they have maxed out all of their men and women spots unless a Japanese woman withdraws for some reason, Rina will not be getting another spot. Yes, and I think we are moving on to the next category then, which is pairs. Yes. <laughs> um, so gold is Deanna Stellato Dudek and Maxime Deschamps. Um, silver was Maria Pavlova and Alexei Sviachenko. And bronze was Lucrezia Beccari and Matteo Guarise. Um, I think not a totally unexpected podium, but. Um, definitely a runaway success for Deanna and Max. And then I know, Kirsten, you said a couple times how much you like the Hungarian team and look, they ended up in silver. Yeah, that's right. I am continually so impressed with their technical ability and even watching them on practice, they really are so solid and reliable, which is so fantastic. I do want to see, I would love to see them include a little bit more difficulty and intricacy within their transitions. If we watch their free program in comparison to um, not only the two other teams on the podium, but also even some other teams in the event in general, there is so much more partner skating and difficult holds and um, entries and exits into things. And it's not a criticism in the way um, it's not a criticism because they are so new. And I remember that with Dylan, we got with, D I started skating with Dylan Moscovich and we had so much to learn in such a short period of time that really all we could handle was the technical elements and our programs were very simple, but in order to continue um, kind of moving up in the ranks that is, that was mandatory and I think will be mandatory with this team on the podium here. But the, in my opinion, the current con, composition of the programs they're, they're skating now won't have them on the podium in in more well-rounded events and obviously world events or four continents things like oh sorry europeans things like that um 
but their technical score really does prop them up because like I said, they do everything and they do it so well. It sounds like I'm harping on them, but if you watch the stream, I like them so much. I really think they're such a team to get behind. That just is one area that I think could help them to be even better. And it kind of is the easy part. Like they've learned the hard part. Now, just if they can add this, I think they can be so much more well-rounded in my opinion. Yeah, that's great. To, something to look at for them. I was curious about their coach. And then I think the coach of several other teams are on the coaching staff for several other teams is Dimitri Seven. And I was trying to figure out how that was working to be that he was coaching so many teams from different places that as far as I knew all trained yeah. in different places. And I, do you know any of the story behind? Yeah, I did ask them yeah. because I felt the same. This man see, is seemingly everywhere. <laughs> you know, he <laughs> was standing at the boards with the Canadian team of um, Brooke and Ben, Nakatash Mimar. And so I did ask them and I asked uh, Daria Danilova and Michelle Siva because I had known them from competing against them in the past. And Michelle told me that the only team they train with daily is the Hungarian team. The rest of them they see in camps. So like mm. it was a pair camp in Turkey in the spring that Brooke mm. and Ben attended. And um, I think I remember seeing like Harley Windsor there and, you know, there's just, there's so many teams um, there from different places. That's just the first name I thought of, honestly, but there were lots of teams there. Um, and so I think that's how this man is standing with kind of everybody because he's had somewhat of an influence on so many teams, I guess. But the only two that are day in, day out are um, Daria and Michelle and Marie and Alexei. And they're training in Sochi, is that right? Or I didn't ask I don't that know. question. Yeah. I don't know the answer. I know they you that's where they were previously. They at some point, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's where they still are, but yeah. Because I know yeah, at one and point someone had listed Fedor, sorry Lois, on their team as well. And I know Fedor used to be in Sochi, so you might be right, but I'm not sure if they've since relocated. Yeah, I know when um Aliona was coaching in the Netherlands um, that um, Daria and Michelle split their time, I think, between Russia and the Netherlands. Okay. And now she's moved. Now she's moved to Germany. I don't think they train as much there. As yeah. I read a translation of one of the Russian articles about the Hungarian team. Um, and it, at least when they were first getting together, they were training in Sochi at the time. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that for sure. It, it's also very interesting, and I hadn't put two and two together, that Maria used to be Balish's partner. And I was like, mm -hmm. it's so funny seeing, okay, here, they're, they're nice. They're both doing well in their, yeah. in their new partnerships. Sometimes that's the way, right? When Maria and Balazs were together, they had a great twist, I remember, but it's going to sound harsh, but the rest was a little bit unmemorable for me. I was still competing at the time, so maybe I was just too wrapped up in my own stuff. But now I find them so extremely memorable, each of them as individuals with their current partners as well. Like these teams obviously are a way better fit. So it's nice to see them both kind of thriving, both meddling at their respective Grand Prix, just different people. That sounds so terrible. I don't mean it to be terrible. Just I think, I think this is the right thing now. It's just, yeah. I feel this is the right thing for them now. I mean, clearly they thought it wasn't working either. Them. So, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah. We've had so many comments. So many about, comments. Um, Deanna and Max, obviously. Let's talk about them. Yeah. They're uh, incredible. Psych through them while you talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I was so excited. I spoke to Julie Marcotte on the phone um, at length before because I just, I mean, we knew that they were the front runners heading in and um, we obviously know so much about their story and Deanna's story in particular, but I wanted to ask her from her point of view um, how they came to choose these pieces of music, how the choreography went. And I saw someone say that the um, need, they just need to land those side-by-side -side triple sow cows. And I too felt like that element was going to be pivotal for them and just like such a catalyst to what the rest of their season can look like because we've seen them skate so cleanly with everything kind of but that element. We know last season they elected to do the double for I think many competitions and I could be remembering incorrectly but I think even at Grand Prix final they did a double. Does anyone remember? I might be wrong on that. I know at Worlds right. they tried a triple but for a number of competitions leading in they did a double so I feel like if they're making their campaign for the world championship title, they needed to get that out now. And I thought it was so important that they did it. And I know it wasn't as good as perhaps they landed their first jumping pass, but I think mentally it was important for them to do it at all. Yeah, didn't try triple till Canadians, that's what I thought. So um, I like their programs. I The short is my preference. I think, I know that they chose the French piece to uh, kind of pay homage to Max and where he was born and where he grew up, where they skate now. And of course, with Worlds being in Montreal, and there will be no doubt so many um, French speaking people in the audience. I think that is a strategic plan, but also being an English speaking Canadian, I just love it from the beginning. It gives me goosebumps and makes me like excited. Um, I, I really just love it so much. And the free uh, Julie told me Deanna's wanted to skate too for a long time. So that was kind of a passion piece for her. And um, I just think they're well on their way, especially with the Japanese team being so much of a, a question mark right now. Yeah, it's so interesting that it feels like they're the front runners this season, even though obviously they didn't win last year. I know, like, or medal. There's so many, there's, yeah, there's so many um, teams that did well last year that are either suffering from injury or whatever, obviously... Japanese team and um, Emily Chan, Spencer Akira Howe are out of the Grand Prix now as well. So it's it's really interesting to to see a team that didn't win last year, but be so kind of at the forefront of, of what's happening. Yeah, and when she said that, uh, she said it in an interview before Autumn Classic, and I read it and I thought, that is bold. That is a bold thing to say and something I would have never done per an avenue I would never have taken in an interview just from my own personal like preference but I think when we know Deanna even the little bit that the public knows her it makes sense and it's kind of their way to like stake their claim and what their goal is and what their intention is for the season and they are proving that it is so possible and maybe not even possible but seemingly they might not even be the hunters anymore they might be the hunted which i don't think any of us expected at the beginning of the season it's amazing i'm looking forward to seeing how they stack up against um the italians conti machi in particular they're that they have not been head to head but <laughs> that's true their technical content and that's one thing I was curious, so I um, I interviewed Andre Hotarik at um, Skate America, and that will be coming out eventually. But one of the things that he said was that he thought that the side-by-side -side jumps were going to be the deciding factor for pairs this year and going into the future, and that if teams 
like were not thinking about how to increase those jumps, they were probably going to get left behind. Do you agree with that being such an important piece, Kirsten? I do, yeah. And I think, I wonder if Deanna and Max will want to eventually do the triple toe double axle, double axle, or if they will, will elect to go for just getting the GOE. That single axle in the middle does allow you to have a little bit of a reset. And we obviously have this new rule in place by the ISU that you won't only earn a percentage when you do these series. That for me is, I don't like, I don't like the rule. Well, and like, I'll tell you why it's, I don't even mind when teams want to do like axle, axle, axle in a circle. I'm okay with it. Live your best life. Do what you need to do. It's like totally fine for me. But when a double axle triple toe combination is worth the same as a triple toe step double axle i just think it's wrong (laughs) just doesn't make any sense in my brain because the double axle triple toe obviously is so much more difficult and then we have these teams doing um you know triple toe triple toe combination or trying it and what used to be like such a novelty and a cool thing now we're kind of thinking well is that a strategic choice i don't know maybe they've looked i'm not on their coaching team obviously i'm speaking of um golubeva and geotopolis more the australians i'm not remotely close to that i don't know them i'm not on their coaching team i don't know if they've looked at that i assume they have but the rule for me is um it's just not my favorite personally but i think you're right anna they'll need to as a whole, just have no weaknesses. And we see that with Deanna and Max, they are no longer electing to do the throw triplets. We saw them trying it up until Canadians last season. Now they're just doing the loop and the sow, which is are not the most um, point earning throw content. We saw the same thing with Aliana Sevchenko five years ago at, at the Pyeongchang Olympics. There's strategy and everything, but think what will win it for these teams is the lack of weaknesses, if they can rack up positive GOE on every single thing they are doing, um, as well as making that second mark well-rounded. I think Deanna and Max have worked a ton on their second mark. I don't know if it's as visible when you watch um, on a screen, but live in person, they're faster and more intentional with their movements and their story. And I think just that little change, which actually isn't a little change, it's a huge change and takes a lot of work, will also um, play a role in kind of the overall, I don't know, impact maybe of what they're doing. And I think the Italians have the capability of doing the same thing. They do all of their content and rack up positive GOE. It could be a really exciting competition. I wasn't able to watch them at Lombardia. I know they had some weird stuff happen, the fall on a yeah. So I think I, I don't, I don't have the ability now to compare apples to apples, so I won't speak to that, but I do think they have the potential to show no weakness and just have positive GOE throughout. Yeah, it's um, for Deanna and Max, I agree. I was so impressed seeing them at Autumn Classic that how fast they had gotten and just how strong they looked and confident in everything. Um, And I felt like maybe it was the difference of seeing it on TV. I felt like I could see the details in their story of the free skate better that, There were little things like um, there's one lift where Deanna had like a sort of claw hand gesture in the middle of the lift. And, you know, there I could see some of those things that they had been working on. I still think that um, Max's 
ripped shirt needs to be about twice as deep for it to show the story. It's not <laughs> or like enough. Yeah. Ted was like, tell me where it happens. Where does it happen? And we don't want to do that, right? Like if, if that's, I totally get the um, novelty of it, but yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, carry on. And I'm not normally like, you know, make it cheesier, make it more dramatic. <laughs> but like, I if you're gonna go for like a costume thing, you need to be able to actually see it. And it's totally. a little too subtle. But. Totally. I'm sorry, I realized I just talked for like five minutes uninterrupted on this. Obviously, <laughs> oh, pear skating makes me so <laughs> excited. But um, it's great. Yeah, and I thought the pair event as a whole um, was really good, particularly in the short program. I thought all teams showed up with a little bit of a... Um, I don't know if younger is the correct term, but like even Mateo Gorice, who are who is by no means anything but a veteran in pair skating, has a inexperienced partner um, skating with him, obviously. So I think that we saw a lot of storylines where these teams were kind of on personal journeys coming out, just trying to do a good job and take a step forward for themselves. And I thought for the most part, everybody did that. There were some exciting things. I thought... Um, Lucrezia Bacari has improved so much in the off season and it obviously uh, she has some big shoes to fill Nicole Della Monica and Matteo were fixture, fixture, fixtures <laughs> in the Italian pair um, world and just the pair world in general for so many years and I'm impressed with how she has uh, stepped into that and also has been able to have their um have a different look than he had with his previous partner, because that can be something that's so difficult in my experience and lived experience even. It's really hard to change the look that you've had to to be different and innovative. And I think they're a really exciting team to watch. Still don't have a second Grand Prix assignment. I'm wondering. They do now. They, they, do. Got, one today. they, got, they got NHK today, yeah. I was just gonna say, I'm wondering <laughs> if they will get NHK. Saw that Spencer withdrew. I spoke to Matteo at length about it uh, in the stands after the pair event was finished, and he was really disappointed at just the obviously at just the lack of opportunity to try to make final. It's different if you go and you skate like garbage and you don't get to go, but if you don't even get to try, it sucks, you know. And so that's awesome. I hadn't seen that in Rome Park before. Yeah, and uh, Chelsea and Balaj have got the other spot for NHK. Oh, amazing. So now both teams, that will be so exciting. Both teams <laughs> will get a chance to, and both teams have third at their first assignment. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that will be really exciting. I love when we have it's gonna be stacked exciting repairs. events. It's, it's going to be, gonna really be great. Exciting. I can't wait. I love <laughs> Um I did want to say about Lucrezia and Matteo, I was um, impressed when I talked to them at Europeans last year that, um, you know, obviously he's the so experienced, he's like of the same generation as some of their coaching staff now, it could be easy for him to be like such the dominant force in the partnership. And I think in some ways he is, but I was really impressed by how, um, you know, ambitious and driven Lucrezia is. Like she was the one saying, well, I want to do quads. I want to do like she seemed like very, very wow. strong personality. And so I think, especially with a team that's got such a big age and experience gap, I was glad to see that like, she was coming in with that much um, drive and fire as well. So cool. And yeah, you're right. Matteo is there standing uh, with Luca De Matte or Luca is standing with them. And Luca is younger than Matteo. So uh, he is overwhelmingly <laughs> the most experienced and um, mature 
person on I'm mature as in mature athlete. Luke yeah. is very mature, I'm sure. Different things. <laughs> but, um, I actually got to talk to Andre and Luca on Saturday night and asked a lot about their pair school at Bergamo because it seems like there are so many teams training there and so many different coaches. And it is, um, yeah, Italy is killing it. You're so right. Italy is doing incredible. And they're doing, a. it seems like they're doing a really good job in that rink of keeping a positive environment, especially with all of the moving pieces. And Andre told me that for the most part, all teams work with all of them. They just have one kind of established head coach that will travel with them. And he was talking a little bit, I hope I can say this. He was talking a little bit. I'm going to do it anyway. So about um, the situation with Matteo and, and Andre does teach Matteo and Lucrezia at times, but with that dynamic of Matteo and Andre used to be such um, like neck and neck competitors. Yeah. It seemed like the appropriate choice to have Luca be that head coach. And it appears as though they've really thought through what is advantageous for each team and how to have the school as a whole be really productive and um, just the environment that athletes need to thrive. And so I'm really impressed with them. They're considerably young guys and obviously working with uh, more experienced coaches in terms of actually coaching athletes, but it appears as though the school itself is doing really well, which is awesome. Yeah, I've been really fascinated by them as part of the reason I wanted to talk to Andre and I interviewed Franco Bianconi last year and just I think what they're building there is really impressive and it's like they're almost, you know, trying to, to do what um, IAM has done with dance with uh, with their pairs. I mean, they have so many teams from different countries at this point and but it is re it's really interesting how they're they're structuring it with the different different coaches and different like team but also you have your person you go to yeah. it's an interesting balance yeah, almost like their managing person which i mean when these athletes get to this age and this um level of, of experience so much of it is management um especially when you're dealing with you know mateo gorise who has been around and done so many things it's the management of the team that becomes so important in my opinion and and they're doing they're trying to do kind of like tryout camps where if you want to try pairs you go there and they they did it twice um and have formed a couple teams from doing it and talked about how it would be just so advantageous for us to have something like that but in europe it's so easy to get like you can easy it's easier to travel in europe i mean a, a few of you can speak to this and for us like for me to get to I drove my car from Ontario to British Columbia when I moved here and it took me four days of driving 15 hours, you know, like it's within Canada. In fact, the first day I didn't leave Ontario, which is a province that we have in Canada, you know, so it's, it is, uh, it's more difficult for us to do something like that over here, but if you can do it and, and you can travel from, you know, I don't know, Germany, Switzerland to try pair skating, then yeah, great. Do that. You know, so cool. a team from South Africa now and all yeah. of these things. I know. It, yeah. Yeah, um, I know. I know it does. It, I did it. The first day I drove Daniel, I drove 15 hours. I was still in Ontario. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could drive to Lois in that time. <laughs> oh, it, it would take you less time than that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, Annika and Robert um, also said that one of the reasons that they 
moved to Bergamo was that they wanted a school, like not only where they would be pushed by a lot of having, having a lot of other teams around, but where there would be people to make the plan for them because they're like, we have enough to do executing the plan. We don't want to be the people making the plan. And totally. that, that's what they have Andre for. And so it was it was interesting to see that. Um, I also wanted to say on pairs, um, the other team that I definitely wanted to give a shout out to was um, the Dutch team. I really like their free skate and I wish they didn't have a, a voiceover in the beginning of it, but I love that they're skating to Fleetwood Mac. It's such a fun and different choice. Uh, and I also really liked... Um, Kellyanne and Luca's um, new short program. I thought it was a really nice look for them. So, and I was glad to see them doing quite well here. Awesome. Do you mean free? They're short. They did last year. Oh, they're free. That's what I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. they're free. I like they're free. <laughs> Actually, I got to um, be, I was in the rink when they were choreographing that free. David Wilson mm -hmm. was there working with them. And I was just in Montreal visiting some of my friends on my way to Europe and went in to uh, work a little bit for Yvonne Desjardins, Stephanie Bellois. And um, so I got to see that process. And personally, I never worked with David Wilson. Always wanted to, of course, but opportunity kind of never came up. And he asked me, do you want to help me with the beginning? And I just was so honored and flattered. And That's I didn't cool. even do enough to have my name on it. It wasn't that kind of thing. It was more I played around with Luca and we tried different things and then kind of taught them to Kellyanne, who is, of course, considerably younger than me, almost by half. And um, just less, I think, has done less of that playing around. And I just was so honored and flattered. And at, in that moment, felt like this could be a really powerful vehicle for them, especially because it's so different in that it has her in this, like, strong leading role that I don't think she's portrayed before. And though it's not, in my opinion, totally where it could be right now, I think it has the ability to be developed and uh, to be something a little bit different for them, which um, is great. I love when teams try to expand their horizons and work outside of their comfort zones. And this is kind of, we're in a couple years to do that. We always, Mike and I tried to do that in the first year of the new quad sometimes the second that's where you might have seen us do pink floyd it didn't work we tried it you know like it's different we thought well if we're gonna try now's the time to try not a good choice for us but it was <laughs> the time to do that and i think in this case um kellyanne and luca have a, a great choice and a great vehicle in this and someone else i really liked was brooke and ben's short i've never seen brooke like look like that mm. and i was bummed that they scored so low in components, obviously judging such a just incredibly hard job that I would not want. And they obviously were looking for something different than what I personally saw, but we've seen her be so reserved for so long and it comes from a place of determination and focus and drive. Like it's not from anything negative, but I was so happy to see her have like a little bit of like almost a flirty vibe and like lit up face that's like lighting up the building and I just loved it so much so I hope they stick with it and I hope that they um get a little bit more rewarded each time for that. Agreed. Also David Wilson and Sandra Bess. <laughs> yeah uh have there been any other comments so if you see yeah there's one about uh the cat oh, program for um the going the reason and I'm wearing cat so I thought I'd bring it up. Um <laughs> There's <laughs> two Italian teams doing um, cat-themed programs. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I 
I know it's quite a polarizing thing to be doing cats, but I really think it works for them. Um. <laughs> you cannot. I <laughs> know, well, I know, I know. I'm just trying to like, I remember what it's like to do something and have people not like it and talk about it. It's not that I don't like it. I think I need to see it again, maybe. And I think there's a way to, as the season goes on, to incorporate elements of it that could be a little bit more um, intricate and like involving, the, including things that they can be really good at with that cat's theme. Do you know what I mean? Like less yeah. kind of on the nose and more a little bit halfway. I felt like in their short, within the first four elements, they were like all business. We have that like little lift before the throw loop, but for the most part, they just like are doing a laundry list of checking their elements off because she's so new and it's so hard. <laughs> we're doing an amazing job. And I think maybe the long is a little bit or the freeze a little bit like that as well. But Barbara Fuser Foley did it. Obviously an amazing ice dance coach and ice dancer. And so I think there's potential for that. I just want to see it take a little bit more of that direction, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. They said last year, the very first thing they tried to choreograph was a short program to Zombie by the Cranberries. And it was way too hard for them. And they switched it to something else. But I'm still, um, I, I'm still hoping that they'll come back to that idea sometime because I think that would be a really fun music to have a pair program to. So I think I've been slightly disappointed by all of the choices since then because I got excited about that totally. idea. And then it was like, oh, but that's not what it's. And I think when you don't have um, pair experience at any level, and like, Anna, you can speak to this, like when you have um, a pair program and it's relatively simple and you're just kind of getting elements done it is just astronomically easier than when it, there's so many intricacies and I think you could assume that as a viewer but like I just want to like drive the point home at how much harder that is and so never want to judge the rate at which skaters do that similar to the Hungarian team like it very well might not be possible for either of those these teams um, and maybe I shouldn't even put them in the same category because I do think the level at which they have in their programs is vastly different. But um, I never want to push how quickly I expect teams to get there because it just is so, so hard. And I mean, the cats theme, we talk about it. It's something we brought up when Ellie asked if we have any more comments, you know, and I think that's one of the things that athletes are always looking for when they're choreographing programs is wanting people to talk about it. So like last night, Lion King for Worm in the tiger costume. <laughs> in the tiger oh, costume. Oh, yes. was... Tiger King. Yeah, we tiger did talk King. about it. <laughs> zombie cats. <laughs> which, is what, which is what the goal was, was for everyone to talk about. Zombie cats, not about it. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah. culturally, sorry, we're going to move on. I know. Also, no, also culturally, I think things that we like in more of like the Western culture versus... I don't know, Eastern or European or what? Is European considered Eastern? No, kind of I, right in the I, think I think you could just say North American and European, like, That's great, yeah. just different tastes. Yeah, just there. very different tastes. And, and I think we see that in judging panels, too. I mean, we just spoke about it with Brooke and Ben. I loved it so much. They weren't necessarily as rewarded for it as I felt like they might be. So can't please everyone. Yeah, and sometimes it's also a generational thing. Like totally. we are like 
oh, Lyrical classic music uh, again, but then other generations yes. enjoy it. So totally, you're right. Yeah. So yeah, should we move on to men? Talk about men. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the men were manning. I've heard. The men. The men are always manning. Who's who's well, I'm, I'm doing it, aren't I? I completely forgot that I was doing it. Okay, um, in gold we <laughs> completely left my head. Um, in gold we have uh, Sergio Yamamoto. In silver we have Kamiura, and in bronze we have Matteo Rizzo. Um, last week everybody predicted Cow to win, I think. Probably yeah. Yeah, I think yep, we probably sounds right. Cow versus Cow versus John, and um, that definitely did not happen. No. <laughs> I um I I slept through men, um and then woke okay, up and, and saw John ninth and I was like, Oops. do I do I need to watch the like do I need to watch what happened? <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't think I would have predicted Sosa first, um, but you know happy that he got to have his moment and and win. Good for everyone yes. who picked him on fantasy skating. Yeah, I yes. put him on group two, so that went well. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly didn't expect him to be on the podium. Um, but yeah, uh, also huge kudos to Matteo Rizzo for coming back in the, in the free skate. Like, I, I didn't think it was going to be a skate that would get him to the podium, but then, of course, the men are men, so it yeah. did. <laughs> and Matteo, speaking on that, was training at uh, the club I teach at for the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday leading into Skate Canada. And I didn't see him have that success with quads for any of the days that he was there. So I was really impressed with that. Um, I like him so much as a human and as a performer. So I feel like I'm always rooting for him. But kind of what he showed in the short in terms of technical content was more what I had seen from him early in the week. So it definitely speaks to his um, ability to skate under pressure or bring it out when it counts or whatever you want to call it. Um, I've heard a lot of mixed things about his uh, short. I really like it. I think it's cool that he's using a female vocal. Yeah. Something we see a lot. I think that is very interesting and effective. Um, yeah, I like him. I was skeptical about both program choices before I saw them. And then I think I liked them and I think they're going to be good vehicles for him this year. And um, he's someone that I've always kind of wanted to like, but felt like I never quite connected to. And I think the more he is getting to be, I don't know, I feel like he's making more of his own choices about what he wants to skate to and what he's excited about. And I don't know, I just, I'm finding that I like him more each season. Um, so, yes. <laughs> just continue talking. <laughs> Sorry, I was waiting because I thought Lois was going to say something when Anna started. I, so I think I entirely lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry, um, <laughs> it's fine. Um, I will shout out um, Mikhail Shaderov because I've been a fan mm -hmm. of him for a couple of seasons now. And while he's not necessarily like the fastest skater yet or gets, gets the highest um, PCS scores, he does have great technique on his jumps and so committed to the programs he chooses and the themes and I, I just find him a joy to watch. He's so technically efficient too. Like he does so many things on practice where you're just like, 
Whoa. <laughs> that was so good. So, yeah, an exciting one to watch for the future, for sure. I think he's still in, like, the nailing the technical aspect of, of his programs. Um, I can't remember if he did a challenger before, if he kept this program. So I remember seeing it before. Um, and I thought that it was for me, or at least the last competition, it was very like element to element to element. I felt like he hadn't found his rhythm with it yet, I guess. I think we saw him in practice and I think he withdrew before competition started because he injured himself. Mm. I saw him in continents last year and I felt like I he had more emotional connection to the music when I saw him then. So it may just be something that like as the season goes on, he'll um, get more comfortable and get into that and just not where he was focused at this point. Um, yeah. I think that's like, there can be criticism and I say it myself when people do keep their skates, um, like repeat their skates for whatever reason, but I don't mind it when you can see such an improvement um, between like, between seasons when you see that they are performing more like um conrad Orzel's short program he kept ironically to the same music um you can see he's sort of settled into it a bit more and he's worked on his performance a lot compared to seasons previous yeah it's a good point and i think it can make a viewer if the opposite is done or if there isn't any sort of like push forward, I'm just like always laughing at your cat, Lois, and also that you're wearing cat ears. It's just like such a shame yeah. for your life right now. And it's like, so she, she came in and saw me wearing them and she just like stared at me like, are you making fun of me? <laughs> like, no, I'm not. I'm also unsure whether they pointed out at the beginning that this is a Halloween costume and not a choice she just made. Yeah, we, I, we talked about it internally yeah. before the live stream started, but not. So everyone was like, should we wear costumes? And I was like, I might be able to find some cat ears. And I was like, I'll, I'll wear my cat ears. And I was like, well, no one else is going to be costume. I'll wear them anyway. <laughs> yeah, I did assume that, but it's probably good that you specify. Um, anyway, um, I think sometimes if we see athletes keep a program and we don't see that like emotional growth or the um, skating skill growth, it can lead us to wonder like, why did you keep this? Like, what, where, what was the driving force behind this and sometimes a lot of times I think the reason is that it the, the program can feel unfinished and if it doesn't then get finished it can be like what like question mark kind of deal to to throw it back slightly um Conti Machi kept their free skate um from last season and they were so successful with that obviously like the medals and achievements that they got last season I'm still not 100% sure why they decided to keep it when they did achieve so much maybe it is sort of a personal goal that they want to push forward that program and hopefully we do see that when they next compete i didn't know that that mm. yeah that's interesting i think that can be like i that's interesting for me especially because they did it so well that it can be hard yeah. then for viewers to not be like wah, wah you know yeah like also, oh we've, we've seen this we'd yeah. like to see something new and also if they get back on the podium it's this is probably totally is totally aesthetic and like not not a thing but like and i guess they could get new costumes but i don't know it's like it's for me if it's a free <laughs> when you've been so successful it's a bizarre choice obviously there's a reason but i agree with you sarah that's 
I think she did get a new dress, and I don't Great. think I liked it as much as last year's. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> so that's a personal preference. <laughs> I also feel like it's such a shame because you only get to do so many skates during your career. So why would you not want to do something new, especially if you had success? And they're I a team agree. that has such artistic ability that, yeah. 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 Oh, I'm... We'll have to ask them at some point what, why. Yeah, I think they also said about their short program, I think they said they are aiming to do this one at the Olympics if this gets the Olympics. I think they said the short program they've done this oh, year. Yeah. I was just about to make this comment about, by, about yeah. it being expensive to get new choreography. That could, of course, be a point. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I did wonder right. if that's why the German pairs had the same programs as last year, so. or at least the same free skate as last year. Yeah. I think a couple of them did mention that. And yeah. we have heard they've been, a lot of the German skaters have been very vocal about the funding situation in their country. Um, I can only speak to the funding situation in my country and, and that of which I experienced, but I would be surprised if when you were a world bronze medalist, if there weren't funds for you to get a new vehicle. But again, I do not know the reality of the, what that looks like in the Italian Federation. I do and also remember... world team trophy as well, because yeah. world team trophy yeah. is quite the, the money attached to it. A lot of money there. That's right. I remember and, I mean, um, when you when when you get a medal at Worlds. There's sorry, Sarah. There's probably that's okay. That's okay. But again, no judgment. I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Yeah. It's just a peculiar choice, and it's the first I've learned of it. So, um, anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, I remember Robert Kunkel um mentioned in an interview, I think at the end of last season, that the money that they won for like the European medal that they got, they never saw back. Um, so I thought that was like very interesting to learn given the state of the German Federation and the uh, no funding that he people are said that for their Skate America medal that the Federation was going to take 10%. So that they said with taxes and 10%, it's not, you know, as much as it looks like, but it's still yeah. something. So at least yeah. they're getting something from that one, but. And yeah. I did and then, learn and I won't, I won't share specifics, but I did learn in speaking to some people in their circle uh, what they have to use for their training. And it is just so, so, so minimal that it, I really feel for them because it, they obviously want to do their best job and you don't want funds to be the reason why, the reason that kind of stands in your way of um, being the best you can be because so many things that are required to move forward cost money, almost all of them. <laughs> so um, that's really hard. And I'm really and proud of everybody who like is brave enough to speak out out against the federation because that's a lot of that requires a lot of strength to talk about these kind of things and I think we are seeing it more and more happening people are speaking out I think that we had an interview with um who was the British skater we had an interview with oh, PJ to Hallam. Hallam? yeah you also talked about that yeah but yeah you're right that is really it can be really tough and so yeah yeah it's just hard and i'm glad i think it was daniel that pointed that out because again it sounds like i'm being judgmental i totally am not but you're so right there are so many and i think that can like fall under even a broader umbrella where we sometimes can question an athlete's choice but we just never know what is happening in their life and what the story around that choice is and i really struggled with that when i was 
competing because I think sometimes choices that were questionable, I had a good reason for, and sometimes they were really necessary for my life and physical and mental well-being. But if the general public doesn't understand, there can be a lot of judgment placed on that. And um, that can be really hard for an athlete. So I'm trying to think of what I said and if I retract it, but no judgment. <laughs> we kind of got distracted away from the men conversation. Yeah, yeah sorry. <laughs> I wanted to ask you um, about Wesley and Liam, because they both train at the rink where you're coaching, right, Kirsten? Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Um, both uh, I see Wesley a little bit more uh, than I see Liam and even had the pleasure of working with him on skating skills very minimally once a week in the summer. He has such an amazing coaching team in his head coaches and I'm in no way taking credit for anything Wesley, but um, just such a, a nice, uh, I say kid, I think he's probably an adult now, but just such a, a nice person, human really hard worker, um, of course, started with the coaches that he is with currently, which is a little bit of an anomaly. And uh, I was a little bit disappointed for him, uh, just for the reason being he was training um, much cleaner than what he showed at Skate Canada. But I think that can come with the pressures of competing at a Grand Prix in your home city, um, or competing really at a Grand Prix in general. He was just awarded NHK today, really, they're really excited with that. I'm really excited with that for him. Um, I love his short program in particularly, and when he hits it well, it is so effective. Um, and he will continue to work on, you know, that second side, the component side, and also um, how he incorporates his face into it. For me, his skating skills are quite lovely, but sometimes I want to see um, his face tell a little bit more of that story. And I think that comes so much with um, maturity and comfortability on the competition stage. But um, I'm a big Wesley fan and I'm really happy for him. And Liam too. Liam did um, his free in particular was a real skate he really can be proud of. Obviously would have wanted to um, hit that quad sow. But in terms of well-roundedness for him hitting those axles, I think um, he can be really proud of that and such a dedicated skater. He does drive home to the United States every day <laughs> from Canada, still lives at home. And we just talked about the vastness of Canada and it sounds really crazy. He does live really close to the border. So, um, you know, it's not like he's making this huge trek every day, um, but has been coached by his mom, Louise, formerly, and kind of made this decision several years ago to come here and train in a, a little bit more of a um, competitive school and um, obviously is in a sea of men with similar abilities to him in the United States so obviously always fighting to break through that kind of group that he's in but um, yeah also a great skater both pro both skaters had both programs choreographed by Joey Russell who works here with the skaters at this club very regularly and um yeah great kids and great experience i think for both of them yeah i really like liam's boxer free skate i thought he did uh he does such a nice job of continuing the storytelling even when the jumps aren't happening um and, yeah. I, and this was a much better i saw him at um cranberry open right at the beginning of the mm -hmm. season when he had a kind of a disaster of a skate but even then he kept really pushing through it and um i was impressed with him then and 
you know, I think when I saw him at Skate America last year, he did not stand out to me as that kind of a skater. And so I was thinking, okay, I think he's worked on it. I think his, these programs are good vehicles for him. And um, yeah. yeah, I was excited to see him do better. Yeah, it was a little bit of a, especially in the short, a cluster of Canadian men and gosh, the Canadian national championships in men is shaking up to be, I mean, we keep saying the men are menning and I think the men will continue to men. Um, it's in their nature. <laughs> but, Anyone can um, throw out two clean programs. They're going to be <laughs> national champion and that will be exciting yeah, to see. <laughs> I was, I was sad to, uh, I was sad with the absence of Roman Sadowski here um obviously happy for alexa rakic he also from um this a city just outside of vancouver pretty much a suburb of vancouver honestly so um his first grand prix also in a home crowd situation and alexa can do really great things um i think his maybe nerves got the better of him in his free program but was looking really solid in practice and we'll kind of take this i think experience to move forward but I was definitely missing Roman here. Mm-hmm. I think there are um, some slides. Sorry, if you want to add to that. Sorry, I just was going to say that I feel like for the men that we hadn't talked about yet, that we we definitely should talk about June. And I also just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Kazuki Tomono, who I thought skated pretty well overall here, not like podium well, but I thought that his free skate was a little bit... Um, I'll just underscore it from the PCS. I was sorry to see that he didn't, um, you know, do a little bit better here because he really stood out to me um, in that regard. Um, even though I think with Cow, his his speed is so impressive and that's less easy to see on on TV. Um, but I miss Cow's uh, um, Beauty, Beauty and the, and the Beast. Beast. That Attack on Titan does not give me the same, like, uh, emotional connections, which is just personal taste but I was that was a big part of me like starting to root for him last year was how much I enjoyed that one program and so I was like okay it's probably good he's got a new program he's not just reusing it but I was a little bad. yeah I agree but in person he is so fast it's actually almost scary like I feel concerned at the speed with which he is entering <laughs> his jumps um I think if I remember correctly I prefer his short program to his free this season, but just in general, a really likable skater and very technically proficient. Um, it, I was sad in the short that they they kept just being like that kind of one error. Even uh, Sota, if I remember correctly, his sow quad sow was under or down even maybe. Um, obviously, him leading the short because he had the least um, <laughs> magnitude of error, but. Yeah so many likable skaters in this event and poor June. Yeah. That was really yeah. sad to watch for me. Yeah. I really liked June. It's sad because you know what he's capable of and, and just for it to end up like that, it's just, it's very, very depressing. Yeah. It just looks like so he many... had it knocked out of him from that first fall. Yes. Yeah, and he was, in practice, he was struggling a lot um, mm. and struggling not even in the way of making errors, like struggling a little bit with circling, like mm. feeling it was looking, and I don't want to speculate, but what it looked like from a viewer's perspective is a little bit of um, like a lack of confidence mm. going into, because when he did 
his elements, he did them the June we know, which was obviously mm -hmm. superb, um, but was not having the same attack that I've seen him have in the past. And they, I know you mentioned, Anna, that I work and live in Vancouver. And so a lot of the young skaters from my club were in the stands and just so exciting for them and inspiring for young kids to be able to see what could be possible for them in the future. And so many of them, such June fans and just so devastated for June. And I know that he knows that. I think he knows how much support he has around the world, but um, obviously it's devastating that the final is not going to be, he won't be at the final this season. And I know that mm -hmm. seems like such a huge deal, but I hope he takes this as just like one disappointment in just the grand scheme of things, which is just not, it's not the end of the world, just one big disappointment. And I know we'll see him again. It was nice to see, um, there was an interview with him on Golden Skate from yesterday, um, and he seemed like he was in really good spirits about it and just, um, you know, calm and ready to move on. And so that was nice to see. I think after you see somebody have such a hard skate like that, it's like your heart just goes out and it seemed like, I'm sure it, it's not easy, but he seemed like he was doing okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I saw that as well. And I think that's seems like he has so many fans that are um, so invested and just uh, really invested in his well-being, even maybe more so than his skating. And so I, I did see that interview as, as well and was glad for also his fans to be able to have some peace of mind that he's okay and, you know, he'll be back again. Yeah, especially his short, because... though, is amazing. How good is his short? Somebody mentioned that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm excited to see these programs like when, you know, hopefully we'll get to see like the really great performances of them, like the way we got to see him thrive at the end of last year because um, yeah. Yeah, he's a really special skater. And that thing about circling is interesting because I noticed a bunch of skaters um, at Skate America that were having some trouble with the size of the rink. But I wouldn't think that June, who trained in Canada for so long, would be somebody who would struggle with the smaller rink. But Especially I did know coming from cricket. Cricket is really yeah yeah yeah, but a couple people at Skate America mentioned that they you know coming from Europe were like totally every time they would go to set up for a jump it would be like oh wait the board is right there and tried to <laughs> circle again and you know there were a couple people who were having that issue and had you know tried to train for it ahead of time but not felt like it was useful and so and if you don't have the opportunity to practice that it can be really difficult I've been so fortunate where when I trained in Montreal the rink was a little bit smaller. And when I trained in Oakville, Canada, we trained often in a uh, Olympic size rink, but then had three options of smaller size. So if ever we were leading into a competition with a smaller size rink, we could jump over there and practice. I know sometimes we see in Scarborough video clips and they have pylons on the ice. I don't know if you all have ever seen that, but <laughs> trying to um, kind of adapt to ice size can be so difficult with um patterns and setting up patterns and figuring out how to place them and with only one practice on Thursday at this event they didn't have a whole lot of time one practice and then just the morning of each day and I think ideally every athlete would have liked to have a chance to set up every pattern on their music and it just might not have been possible here or at Skate America so that can be definitely an unforeseen challenge for sure yeah 
looking at the time, I know you have like four minutes left <laughs> before you have to leave. Uh, should we do it? I always real? think it's a lot of time, but then I talk for so long that it's, not <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. <laughs> just we always overshoot how long we think that these are going to go. So. Oh, yeah. And it's getting longer and longer, I feel like. I think we should just talk about the Grand Prix de France preview real quick. Like maybe mention one person to watch out in each category or something. Or just like two. Um, Adam versus Ilya, probably for the gold, I would imagine. Both of them have had great seasons. Everybody, so please far. open. Please yeah, open. I, don't, I don't know who's going to be there, so I'm like, <laughs> just like run to Wikipedia quickly. Yeah, I know, I know who will be. I know that uh, Leah Pereira and Trent Misha will be there exclusively because I know them personally <laughs> and they train with my old coach, who will also be there. Um, of course they are hoping to earn a spot to the Grand Prix final would be their first as a team and just for either of them in general. Um, so that could be really exciting looking at who they're up against. The Sarah Nicolo. <laughs> yeah, people be so excited to watch this team this week and their, see their free program round two with the new costume. Um, but I really do have this team. Yeah. And I'm excited to see them as well as um, Ellie Cam and Danny O'Shea. I haven't seen them yet this season. I thought last season they were exhibiting a lot of um, kind of newness. You could see the newness yeah. of them. They had moments of like brilliance. And then their throws, for example, were a little bit puzzling, I think, to a lot of viewers. Yeah. But sounds like they're doing really well this year. I think they won Finlandia, if I remember. Yeah, they had a good, good challenger. So this looks like it will be actually a really exciting pair event. Kovalevs sometimes are dark horses, especially in the short. That'll be fun. Yeah, they'll be fun. Um, for the, I was gonna say, I think it's a very stacked men's event because you've got Ilya, Yuma, Adam, and then you've got wow. Boyang, um, Koshiro Shimada, Lucas Britschke, Nikolai Memela, Camden, yeah. Stephen Gogolev. So it's like there's a wow. Those are not, that's a lot of inconsistent skaters. Yeah. But it's also a lot of skaters who are strong potentially. Um, so yeah. I'm actually really excited to see how that all shakes out. That will be. I awesome. think the Looking women's could dance. be interesting. It could Sorry. be very interesting. The women's. Mm. Yeah, because you've got Isabeau, Isabeau, who's going to be obviously trying to get spot in the final. Um, you got Hyen, You got Moan again having a, having another spot. And she hopefully trying to get a better result than she did last time. Um, Wagaba, the return, love, love Wagaba. Me too. And Rion as well. So yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a very interesting event. Kimmy Ripon too. No, it's it's yeah. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Dance, dance, I feel like is probably Rina Fabri versus Fania Boudreau Sorensen, but obviously they had a slightly bad challenger, but obviously we'll. They'll get a better score than they got at the challenger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think they're hoping to um, do a better rhythm dance. And I do <laughs> wonder how the free dance would have shaken up if they didn't have sort of that um, rhythm dance preceding it. Uh, mm. I'm excited to see them. I'm happy that Olivia and Tim got a second assignment. Obviously, the scores that they were getting won't um, bring them close to the Italians or the Canadians and probably the and the French who they were up against yeah. that's America but yeah. I like them and I like to 
I like their material and I'm interested to see where that team will go. Maybe not now, but in the future. Um, I think if I it wasn't the, some sorry, home cooking, for, if it wasn't maybe some home cooking for the French, I think it might be a closer battle between the French and Ferro-Ponorenko, but I think maybe the French will probably get the bronze. Yeah, I don't know enough about ice dance, but I love to watch it. <laughs> Do you I'm know excited to see the young French teams too. I, I enjoy them both, and it'll be fun to see them for the first time this season at a yeah. bigger event. Mm -hmm. um, I was just saying, I know I told you I have to go, but I will say about ice dance, I find with all of these choreo elements, it is so difficult for me to see where one ends and one begins. And I think it makes ice dance more exciting because the whole program really is this piece of kind of choreography that's so beautiful. I don't want to leave you with these very sweet comments. It's like the outro. Why you are leaving? Thank you so much. I really was loving commentary, and it's just my favorite job that I've done since I retire. I think because I feel so passionate about pair skating that I I want other people to feel passionate, and I think if maybe we all understand pair skating more, it can help us. So I just love it so much. So. Thank I love you that you were comments. explaining what gives the levels on the lifts when you were actually narrating that. That was uh, that was very helpful. I feel like not a lot of people actually explain why a lift is good or not. And that good. Was I'm glad. I, I had asked um, my Instagram for what they wanted to know, and I got an overwhelming number of uh, lift levels. But obviously things happen so fast, so I was trying my best to do that. But thank you so much for having me. It was thank just you. so fun as always. Thank you so much. Great to have nice you. Nice to see you all to chat have about you too. some skating. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. And please, everyone, stick with us. We are still going to talk a bit more because we know she had to leave. Uh, yeah. There's always... Um... <laughs> there was, yeah, I, I added um, Sebastian in. Sebastian was listed as the local skater in the gala. Um, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, you can head to Skate Canada's Daily Motion and um they the streams are not geoblocked anymore so it's like the archived whole thing um sebastian was incredible he's i think they said he's an acrobatics um person that started ice skating and decided to like combine um the two and so yeah it's kind of scary to watch but also really entertaining so yeah anything else to say any comments um, yeah, you should join us next week because our guest is going to be Angelo Dolfini, who is a coach with Team Champeret and coaches um, Koshiro Shimada, who will be at France, as well as Shoma Uno and Dennis Vasilyevs and the others in their team. Um, he is former Italian men's skater and formerly a commentator for Eurosport for Italy um, and I'm excited to have him on to talk about all the things and that we have, um, we are love, we love our Canadian pairs women and we are now going to have a, our first non-Canadian pairs woman uh, <laughs> joining us for our stream next week. It's very Canada heavy, but that's fine. <laughs> um, I also want to say, please, if you haven't yet, please subscribe. Please like our yes, channel. Please. please follow us on all social media. We really appreciate your support. We are so happy for all of the comments we got today. Uh, it was so much fun to interact with you guys. Uh, I also know that our guests really appreciate all of the comments. And it's like easier to bounce off if there are more people than just six. And if you have any questions, send them ahead in time.
like for the guests because yes. we have the schedule on the yes. twitter yes. so just send them we'll like answer them or ask them to answer them very good point uh yes i don't want to it's always so difficult to cut this off because i don't want to go but uh, I think <laughs> it's 10 p.m. It's time to go. Bye. <laughs> just bye. It's 6 a.m. for me. I'm just, oh, what time is it? It's 6 a.m. now. I've been up since oh like three. <laughs> okay, you won. <laughs> yeah, you definitely win. Uh, thank you so oh, much. No. <laughs> uh, I also want to say hi, Amy, because I've missed it. Like, <laughs> you were on our live stream last year quite a lot so yeah it's always nice to, to recognize names thanks for familiar faces and new faces and come thanks for everyone coming and watching and participating um thank you so much we will see and you now next it's, week. it's time to go okay now end and speak <laughs> bye, bye.